Good morning. My name is Colin with the Government of Alberta, and I will be your moderator for today's live and interactive telephone town hall. This morning, I am joined by Dan Williams, Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Evan Romano, Deputy Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Carrie Bales, Chief Program Officer, Provincial Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, Dr. Nick Mitchell, Provincial Medical Director of Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, and Dr. Nathaniel Day, Medical Director of Addiction Medicine at AHS. Before we hear from our speakers, let me, let me explain by how this telephone town hall will work. Right now, Alberta Health Services, mental health and addiction staff are connecting to the call and soon you will have a chance to join the conversation. You can get in line to ask a question or provide a comment at any time by pressing star three on your phone and you'll be connected to an operator. If you don't feel comfortable sharing your comments or your question live, you can tell the operator that you'd like to have a, a moderator read it for you. You can also ask your question online by submitting them in the online portal. We hope to use this time to have a two-way conversation about refocusing Alberta's healthcare system, specifically the mental health and addiction system. We want to hear any questions or feedback that you may have. Now, I would like to welcome the Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Dan Williams, as well as Carrie Bales, Chief Program Officer of Provincial Addiction and Mental Health at Alberta Services, <coughs> to share a few opening remarks. Well, thank you very much, Colin, and good morning to everyone. I'm very happy to have this opportunity to chat with you today. I'm going to start with a few opening comments, let you know a bit of the plan of where we're going, and I want to open it up for a conversation with you. So we have a few questions that were submitted online that we're going to start with, uh, and I think Colin has gone through the process. If you want to ask a question, feel free to, to do that so that we can get uh, questions and hear directly from you. And so... Um, as you know, our government's taking steps in refocusing our healthcare system and patient-centered care, which includes renewed focus on my ministry and on the area I'm responsible for, mental health and addiction. While there have been significant steps taken to strengthen, we still have more work to do. As the hardworking people serving the front lines, you all know this very well. Refocusing our healthcare system is about prioritizing patient care and empowering our frontline workers to make sure that we are delivering the best possible care for Albertans. Through the process, we'll be relying on your knowledge and expertise to guide us and to build a better healthcare system and specifically a better mental health and addiction system for Albertans. It's an exciting time for mental health and addiction care in Alberta. This renewed focus and a growing recognition of how mental health and addiction affects Albertans and their lives. Together, we're going to build a system that works better for our patients, for all Albertans, and works better for those who work on the front lines. Refocusing the system means that we're gonna focus on the Alberta recovery model. And I can talk more about that as we get into um, the conversation. But I want to continue talking a bit about how important this is going to be for the outcomes for Albertans. The changes are necessary to improve mental health and addiction care for Albertans to deliver services more effectively. We're committed to supporting every Albertan struggling with mental health and addiction in the pursuit of recovering. This will be done by continuing to support a full continuum of supports that are focused on recovery and by removing barriers and expanding services and supports across the province, no matter where you live, no matter who you are. The families and communities want to see their loved ones who suffer from addiction and mental health challenges know that they have access to resources and that Alberta is providing the best path forward for a long lasting recovery to be brothers and sisters, mothers and children, again, in their families and in their communities. 
As we move forward in this new provincial health and addiction organization, we're going to continue building on the strong foundation that we've already built with AHS, including working in recent months to consolidate the mental health and addiction services into a single portfolio with NHS. Leading this work and with me today is Carrie Bales, the current Chief Program Officer for Provincial Mental Health and Addiction at AHS. Carrie will lead the transition towards a new mental health and addiction organization, and we're pleased to have him with us on the call. In addition, both Dr. Nick Mitchell, the Provincial Medical Director of Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, and Dr. Nathaniel Day, the Director of Addiction Medicine at AHS, will be members of the transition team. Their extensive knowledge and experience will be instrumental in guiding their work, which is underway to establish the new Provincial Mental Health and Addiction Organization by mid-2024. While ensuring stability and continuity of mental health and addiction care during and following the transition. As we're moving forward, our vision remains the same, the absolute best care in the world for every Albertan with addiction or mental health issues. Anyone suffering from that deadly disease of addiction deserves an opportunity to pursue recovery. Anyone struggling with mental health challenges deserves an opportunity at recovery. I know we all share the same goal, and I'm grateful for your efforts working every single day to make the lives of Albertans better. But we need your help, and that's why I'm here today to talk to you, to listen, and to learn what you know, and perhaps we can answer some questions you have as well along the way. I'm very proud of the work that we have done already between the Ministry Department of Mental Health and Addiction, working directly with AHS in a collaborative and positive way to make sure that in the steps leading up to today and this announcement that we had on refocusing, we are putting patients at the center of our concerns. I'm not coming at this from an ideological point of view. I want to see the best outcomes for Albertans. I want to see a work together, uh, no matter what your role is in the organization. I want to see us work together so that we can better serve Albertans. Uh, and now what I'll do is move it over to Carrie Bales uh, to tell us a bit about what he knows in the organization that's coming and where we're at in the process. Carrie, over to you. Thank you, Minister Williams. Um, very much appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Uh, thank you for having us and very much appreciate your remarks. Um, on behalf of Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Day, and myself, I'd just like to echo that the work that's been outlined to refocus the Alberta healthcare system does create a really good opportunity for us to build on the foundation of, of the existing mental health and addiction services uh, that are currently provided within the province, and as well builds on the exemplary work of our staff and clinicians from across the province. Um, it's for that very reason that we're actually participating in the engagement session today. Uh, we truly believe that hearing from staff and clinicians as to what needs to be done for the future is the key to ensuring we build the best system possible going forward. Uh, we're excited to help lead the transition planning over the next several months as we move towards the creation of a new provincial mental health and addiction organization. I'm very eager to hear what questions people have today and use that information to help us start guiding some of the planning activities that will be coming in the next uh, days, weeks, and months. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you to Minister Williams and Mr. Bales for their opening remarks. For those of you who may have just connected, welcome to today's Telephone Town Hall about refocusing Alberta's mental health and addiction system. If you'd like to join the conversation right now and ask your question directly to Minister Williams or any of the panel, please press star three on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. For those of you listening online, please enter your comment directly into the portal. 
for our first question today, uh, we have Allison with an online question uh, who writes, please uh, do show adequate scientific evidence for this Alberta recovery model. We are an evidence-based profession and we have a duty to our patients. And I will get uh, Minister Williams to answer that question. Well, thank you uh, for the question, Colin and Allison. Uh, Alberta's model is based heavily on evidence. It's a center of how we're moving forward in recovery. Uh, and there's a lot of different steps we've taken to get us to the spot today. As I said before, I, I'm not coming at this from a hard line or an ideological perspective. I want to truly care for those who are in the most vulnerable situations in our society. That's my mandate. That's what I think I have an obligation to do. And so um, we have a number of different folks here that I'm going to turn it over to to answer in detail as well. I, I'm not a subject matter expert on this. I'm the minister uh, and the elected representative responsible for delivering the system. But I know I need to take advice from those who know best. And so our recovery expert advisory panel is the first place that we went to. It's a panel of approximately a dozen different experts within Canada and internationally when it comes to addiction uh, and mental health issues. Uh, it was chaired until very recently uh, by Dr. Keith Humphreys, professor at Stanford University, who also chaired the Stanford Lancet Commission, obviously Lancet being one of the preeminent, if not the most respected um, evidence-based publication for science and medical journalism, and journals, pardon me. And so the Stanford Lancet Commission that he chaired it was really outlining the um, academic analysis and response to the opioid uh, addiction crisis that North America faced uh, in the runoff after the, uh, the oxycodone, oxycodone crisis that came about. And a lot of the, the very, very good analysis that we have is, is led by the Stanford Lancet Commission and Dr. and Professor Humphreys. Along with that, we have a number of others uh, on that committee um, from uh, practitioners, uh, clinicians to academics, um, international from the United States, of course, uh, from the UK, and also here in Canada. And it's heavily informed us in terms of what is the best international evidence that we can use to move forward. And, and happily, one of the people that are on that, uh, that committee is here today, uh, Dr. Nathaniel Day, who can introduce himself again to everyone on the call, is the co-chair of that, along with um, the Director of Addiction Medicine with NHS. So I'll turn it over to you, Dr. Day, to talk a bit about the evidence that we're looking towards and, and how we inform the Alberta recovery model. Thank you, Minister Williams, and Allison, thanks for the question. Uh, I think that it's important for all of us to know that uh, fundamentally, as we look at the care that we're delivering and the care that needs to be delivered in the future, that all of it uh, must be informed by the evidence, not only by the evidence that exists in the literature today and that can guide practice, for example, we know in uh, opioid addiction treatment, for example, that the use of opioid agonist therapies reduces all-cause mortality by more than 50% for the people who are receiving that care. So not only do we need to follow the evidence that exists and that supports the care that we've been providing and that can inform the care that we need to provide now and in the future, we also need to do uh, a lot of work to ensure that, uh, that we... Uh, are collecting the data and we're looking at the outcomes for the services that we provide so that we can not only add to the evidence that exists internationally, but we can also ensure that the services we're providing uh, are meeting the needs of Albertans. Uh, I'd also like to uh, 
point out that the Mental Health Commission of Canada and uh, the Canadian Centre for Substance Abuse and others have uh, publications that have been uh, used to guide the Alberta model and uh, continue to guide the approach that we're taking. Thank you, Dr. Day, for that, and thank you, Minister Williams, as well. Uh, if you can just, sorry, you can uh, get in line to ask a question online uh, at any point in time on the, in the portal, or please press star three to connect, and we will get you to ask your question live to Minister Williams. I have a question here from Chris, who uh, has submitted it online uh, from Minister Williams. What considerations have been taken to support con continuity of care between organizations? Will this worsen programs uh, working in their own silos? Thanks for the question, Chris, and it's an important and a practical one and at the heart of my uh, efforts to make sure that we see good, clear, and easy patient flow. Uh, I, I'm not looking to create more barriers and silos and put up red tape. What I do want to do is make sure that mental health and addiction work is not being done off the side of the desk of AHS. And, and before I move it over to answer in detail the questions to uh, Carrie Bales, the Chief Program Officer and leading our transition with NHS, I, I want to maybe just give you a sense of um, a few years ago, we four years ago, five years ago, we didn't even have a Minister of Mental Health and Addiction in Alberta. Uh, I'd say a few years before that, mental health was sort of a, a key phrase that would be used. And I'm not sure a lot of folks within AHS or government really had substantive policy solutions to them or really considered it more than someplace to put difficult problems. Um, but that's changed. And I think for the better. Alberta has taken a leading role. We created a Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, an Associate Minister in 2019. We created a full ministry just over a year ago. Uh, and I have my own department staff now. Uh, and of course, with this change that we have, both in the directives of what we're doing that we're going to talk a bit about with, with Carrie in a moment, but also this new organization that's been created, it says that mental health and addiction isn't an afterthought anymore, that this can be a priority for our healthcare system. It'll be a priority for those who are in elected office who are responsible for delivering it. It's gonna be a priority for policy, our programming, our capital build, because if we learned anything over the last four years is that these are very, very, very real problems that need to be dealt with in a serious way. And for our system to take it seriously, I want to be able to put a priority on it where it is at the heart of our concern. I don't wanna put up red tape, but I do wanna make sure that those issues around mental health and addiction get the care and attention that they deserve because there are thousands upon thousands of Albertans that depend on us getting that right. And, and that's my, my task, my obligation to make sure that we do focus on it in a serious way. So with that, I'll turn it over to Carrie to give some context in terms of what we've done up to now and, and how we are expecting to try and manage any questions around this, this piece of silos between different organizations. Thank you, Minister Williams. And, and thanks for the uh, question, Chris. Um, I mean, obviously, as we move forward, we don't want there to be silos between organizations, and we want to make sure that the integration of services, regardless of where they're provided, whether it's in facility or community, um, that integration is maintained and that we have as seamless a possible journey for uh, any individuals or patients looking for service. Um, I'll, I'll actually point to a little bit of history, as many of you on the call probably are already aware. Um, even prior to the work that's recently been done over the last three and a half months to consolidate addiction and mental health services within AHS into one provincial team, um, 
the individual addiction and mental health portfolios in zones prior to this summer, they actually were already operating as consolidated programs within each of the zones. And so service integration, when you look at emergency departments, acute care settings, uh, community settings, um, integration with our standalone psychiatric facilities, uh, a lot of this work was already uh, being managed and there were already mechanisms in place. As we've moved into a provincial consolidated team, the, the design around that work over the last few months has been to ensure that we maintain that integration and coordination. And as we move into uh, the establishment of individual organizations, one of them being mental health and addiction, um, a couple of mechanisms. One would be is that there is an integration council envisioned where the organizations would come together from a common strategic perspective as well. We would really want to make sure that we're maintaining the local working relationships and alignments so that that continuity can be maintained as it has been previously and until this date. So obviously more details are going to have to be sorted out over time. You know, we're going to want people to help inform us as we do that and as the other organizations are developed. But Chris, that would be the absolute goal and one of the underpinnings of what we'd want to make sure is in place as we move ahead. Thank you for your comments, Mr. Bales and uh, Minister Williams. Uh, once again, if you have an important question or comment, press star three on your phone right now. We do have a live question from Capuchi in Calgary. Uh, go ahead, you're, you're live on the call. Sorry, you will have to unmute yourself. Capatici, are you there? Oh, hello. Um, my name is Anne Capatici. I'm a, a registered nurse within um, Alberta. And I'm calling from Calgary here. What I want to talk about today is um, how the ministers and the leadership in this new um, facility that we have, and the new um, programs going forward within mental health will protect against stigma. The reason I bring this up is that um, as an, when I first moved to Alberta, I worked with Alberta Mental Health Board and as an employee, it was a wonderful organization. It felt very safe, very cocooned, and um, we had a lot of great experiences as staff. What wasn't so great was up across our doorways, it said, welcome to Alberta Mental Health. Um, which sounds nice, but what we did, we experienced was that people came to the door, but they wouldn't walk through the doorway. Um, it, it really um, increased the sense of shame and it was not anonymous for people. When we, when we transitioned over to Calgary Health Region and then to um, Alberta Health Services, one of the things that Alberta Health Services did was to remove the terminology of mental health and everything was Alberta Health Services. What we saw then, what we witnessed, was that people came through the door because they did not have the stigma attached. What we know when we create barriers or divisions is that and we have stigma um, around, which we know is always an ongoing cause, um, is that people um, don't seek our services out. One of the phrases that was excellent that Alberta Health Services did, and I hope this continues, is it said, no door is a long door. This allowed people of all ages, you know, men in their 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s, women who are postpartum to seek out help no matter who they were talking to um, to get you know, referral to mental health. But just wanted to make sure that there was some thought put into not stigmatizing or putting these labels above the doors again because it's really helped greatly for people to access our services. 
What's your thoughts? Uh, thank you, Kevatici. I appreciate that comment. And this is helpful feedback for me to understand. I'm not a practitioner. I don't see day to day the kind of issues that you would deal with. And, and obviously, I want to see as many people walking through our doors as possible to get those who need help the services they, they deserve as Albertans. Fundamentally, I think that every single Albertan has dignity, no matter what they're suffering from, no matter what their crisis is in their life that day, they deserve access to these services. And I don't want to see somebody's insecurity or stigma or stigmatizing of, of an issue prohibit them from getting that. So I, I think that is very helpful. Um, I don't know a practical answer in terms of exactly how we deal with that in terms of the label over doorways, but I do want to incorporate that. I'm going to ask Carrie Bales as well to chime in on that to see if he has anything to add. But I do appreciate the question and that kind of feedback is, is helpful for me as we go forward building this new organization together. Uh, thank you, Minister Williams, and, and thank you, Capitici. Um, I'm going to be honest and say I don't know that I could answer that question better than you answered it yourself already. You highlighted some really good work that's been done by staff and clinicians over the last several years to combat stigma. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we would be thinking to not reverse any of that really good work that's done. And if anything, take the opportunity, um, you know, just as part of the immediate consolidation work we've done, but into the future as a separate organization to make sure that we actually take a lot of those uh, best practices that have already been established and look for opportunities to spread them across the entire province. Uh, we know that, you know, combating stigma and the impacts of stigma are probably one of the largest challenges we have uh, for access to service and making sure that we're getting the best outcomes possible from the services we provide. And so I think there's an opportunity here to look at how can we actually leverage some of that work. Um, in short, though, absolutely wouldn't want to be losing any ground that's been made with the work that's been done so far and seeing what we can do to build on it. So again, this type of feedback is going to be invaluable as we move ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Bales and Minister Williams. Uh, we do have another live caller, uh, Jean. Your line is now open. Uh, go ahead with your question. Can you hear me now? Go ahead, Gene. Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Okay, sure. Yes, so, we can. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a peer support worker uh, with AHS. Uh, I have uh, 13 years of uh, experience in recovery. Uh, this spring, I'll be graduating uh, with honors in the addiction studies program. Uh, then I will uh, pursue a bachelor's degree in social work. My journey is deeply intertwined with the mental health and addiction landscape. I've witnessed the challenges and opportunities in mental health care with nearly five years of hands-on experience in the field and a robust 12-year history within the AHS re region. Uh, recognizing the vital role of supervised consumption services in combination with accessible mental health and addiction recovery tools, I understand the transformative impact they can have. So how does Alberta Health envision incorporating these services into the Alberta recovery model? Gene, thank you for the question. I'm going to turn it over in a moment to Dr. Nathaniel Day, the uh, Director uh, of Medical uh, Addiction Medicine, to answer some of that in detail. But I'll say that 
Alberta's taken an approach that's that's pragmatic, uh, and there's there are a number of different services in the continuum of care towards recovery that Alberta offers, and that is going to continue. We know that wherever you are in your journey, we want it to be a journey towards recovery if you're suffering from addiction. The tragedy uh, for those who know intimately this disease is that it's deadly and it takes lives, and so. The only way to overcome that and not allow death to be the outcome is to get folks into recovery. Uh, we're going to need to continue to use different tools in our toolkit to do that. And AHS currently and the future successor organization um, that we're going to be building together is going to have the responsibility of delivering these sorts of services like the drug consumption sites you mentioned. Uh, we, we know that having a publicly administered an accountable organization to deliver those services is key for us to make sure that there is accountability to the public and a high standard of the application uh, of those services for Albertans. So uh, I'll let uh, Dr. Day speak a bit more to it, but I'll just finish by saying thank you, Jean, for the work you do, uh, working in the front lines and believing in recovery uh, and being 13 years now experience and moving forward and trying to get people the help they deserve. Thank you for that but I'll turn it over to Dr. Day. Hi, Nathaniel Day. I'm uh, the Medical Director for Addiction Medicine at Alberta Health Services. Jean, thanks for your question. Uh, Minister, thank you for the opportunity to share my thoughts on this. Uh, Jean, uh, be before I uh, dig into your question, congratulations on your 13 years of recovery and uh, your uh, pursuit of further education. It's amazing. Uh, to think of all of the things that we are able to accomplish as uh, as we uh, achieve recovery and achieve uh, uh, health in our lives and uh, just really applaud you for sharing your experiences and uh, your own uh, personal journey with us on the call today and as well with all the different clients that you've served over the last five years. Every Albertan deserves the opportunity to access treatment and pursue recovery from mental health challenges and addiction. And that includes people who are in the throes of uh, the addiction that they're experiencing today and who may not be ready to access uh, recovery-oriented services uh, such as, uh, you know, uh, bedded uh, treatment spaces or uh, starting on uh, evidence-based treatment medications and so on. Uh, but that still doesn't mean that uh, those people don't fit into our, our care system where every person desire, deserves access. And so we will continue to work with patients, with Albertans, with the uh, life-threatening uh, disease of addiction, with the profound challenges that can come with mental illness, uh, and combinations of those challenges to ensure that our services are meeting their needs. I appreciated the previous question that talked about every door being the right door. And it's our obligation, I think, as frontline clinicians to ensure that the people who are, are coming to us, that we eliminate as many barriers as possible to them being able to receive the care that they need when they need it. Thank you for the co those comments, Dr. Day. Uh, Minister Williams is anxious to hear your comments and questions, so please press star three right now to access the conversation. Uh, we have a live call from Catherine in Calgary. Catherine, you're live. Please go ahead. Hi, I have a um, kind of multi-part question. Um, I'm wondering with these like divisions of the system, 
how outpatient services will interact with inpatient services in the hospital settings. Um, will we still have easy patient flow from, say, an outpatient setting into an inpatient setting and vice versa? Um, will we all have the same employer? And what does that mean for the implementation of Connect Care, which has, you know, there's been a lot of time and money spent over the last few years getting the whole province on board with that. Are we also still going to be using it so that those transitions from inpatient to outpatient are as smooth as they are right now? Uh, thanks, Catherine. It's it's Carrie Bales. I'm Chief Program Officer for uh, Mental Health and Addiction Services in AHS. I'll take a crack at that question. I think um, the 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 preface that I'll put at the front, though, is that it's still really early days, and so there's a lot of detail that we're going to have to work through to to make sure we have you know the final uh, answers for questions like the ones you've just answered. But I can give you my my sense and what I would expect as we work through the process. Um, one is, you know, you talked about the division of inpatient and outpatient services um, in acute care facilities. I would expand that even a little bit further to say, you know, other non-related inpatient and outpatient clinics in community settings and other areas. Um, yes, the, the intention would be is to maintain the same system integration that we have now. So as you would, um, working in the system now, experience that flow of individuals moving throughout the various areas in uh, Alberta Health Services, the intention would be to maintain that. So there would be no, no work that would be designed to try to move away from that level of integration. Um, your second piece around, will it be the same employer? Um, that's a pretty multifaceted question in the sense that um, I'm not exactly sure if you're talking about collective agreements or uh, union locals or anything of that nature. So I'll, I'll make an assumption here is, is, you know, would you still be employed by the agency that is going to be providing mental health and addiction services? The answer to that question would be yes. Um, people would be part of that organization, or at least that would be the intention as we move forward in the planning. And then the last piece around connect care, um, again, still probably quite a few conversations that have to happen. But, you know, the goal would be to maintain not only what's currently in place from a connect care perspective, but I think to actually look for opportunities to even expand that into areas where it currently doesn't exist now. And an example I would use for that would be in the primary care space. And so the goal would be to actually enhance uh, the integration and the ability for information and uh, patient flow and pathways to be enhanced. So the goal would be to build on everything we have today and take it actually a step further. Thank you for those comments, Mr. Bills. Uh, Mandy has a similar question along the lines of Connect Care as well. Uh, AHS nearly fully rolled out Connect Care to uh, support seamless transition. What is the plan to facilitate communication and care transition between the four organizations and avoid red tape, creating additional barriers to service? Yeah, thanks, Mandy. It's it's Carrie again. Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot of extra to say about Connect Care. Um, my understanding and fully understanding that we're coming to the last stages of the Connect Care rollout. We actually just went through a phase here just in the last uh, two weeks. So again, the idea would be is to maintain that common 
um, enterprise medical record, uh, electronic health record, and that we would want to expand ideally where that currently exists to actually be able to reach further into the overall health system. And then, you know, how we're going to coordinate and ensure that uh, actually is implemented in a way once there's individual organizations. Um, I think that would be some of the work that's going to have to happen through the integration council as the organizations are planned and developed, but that would be the intention. And the goal is to make sure that that is maintained as a, uh, as a priority for the system. Thank you, Mr. Bales. Uh, we do have a question here from Sean in Edmonton, uh, a live question. Sean, your line is open. Please go ahead. Yes, thank you. Um, so my, concept, my question is a bit of context. Um, I was hired 18 years ago to what was then ADAC. And forgive me, I, I don't remember the number, but I think there was 12 or 13 health organizations at the time. Um, fast forward five years from then, um, all of these organizations and health boards and, and associations were amalgamated into one uh, large health association, which then became AHS. So the rationale for, for the change at the time was to save money, improve services, decrease between organizations to serve the same clients. So what seems to me is that the same rationale is being used for the proposed change, but now we're moving from one organization back to four. And it kind of seems backwards to me. I mean, quite honestly, I, I work for addictions and mental health, and I'm finding now that we're, we're seeing clients that are having fewer barriers um, between services, which is a much improved, and it worries me that when we're, we're, if we're separated, that will actually increase barriers. So I, my question is, is what assurance can you provide that, the, that this time the change will actually work, that there'll be decreased barriers that perhaps cost savings or effectiveness or, or, or increased innovation, however that might look? Thanks, Sean. I appreciate the question, and thank you for the 18 years of work you've done. Um, and uh, I'm happy to hear the feedback that you're giving me. Uh, from what I'm understanding, we want to make sure that we don't see barriers introduced in this process. I agree 100% with that. I don't want to see us doing mental health and addiction off the side of our desk uh, within AHS or the government anymore. <clears throat> and I think that this is going to be able to um, find the right compromise to make sure we get this right. I, I don't think that we were putting the focus we needed to onto it as a system, and I think that's abundantly clear as we see increasingly more and more demand for these services, whether you're talking about the addiction front or the mental health front. Those challenges are becoming more and more prevalent uh, across our communities. They're making themselves manifest earlier. Uh, we see increasingly we need to spend more time focusing on it. What we don't want to do is break this down into constituent bodies that don't talk to each other, that effectively silo. And so how we do this is going to really matter. The good news is, is that we've been trying to set some of this work up for some time. So I, I think some of the concerns you have, they're well-founded, but the good news is we've addressed some of them already and how we've, before we even made this announcement, within AHS, created a provincialized portfolio surrounding mental health and addiction. So I can let Carrie talk about that. Um, and, and I hope it allays some of the concerns that we have. You're not going to see a huge amount of operational differences now going forward. Um, what we are going to be able to see is a focus on mental health and addiction from an organization dedicated to it. So to elaborate on that, I'll turn it back over to Carrie. Yeah, thank you, Minister Williams. It's uh, Carrie, a Chief Program Officer for Mental Health and Addiction with AHS. 
Um, thanks, Sean. I, I was just going to build upon what the minister had just said in that um, there's actually been quite a bit of work that's, I mean, arguably been happening over the last, you know, decade, but more recently in the last couple of years around ensuring that we've got continuity of service delivery across the province. So again, many of you would be aware because you're you're working within Alberta Health Services now that um, you know the services for addiction and mental health currently uh, for the last few years have actually been part of zone-based addiction and mental health teams. More recently, in the last few months, we've moved towards a consolidation of having the addiction and mental health services be one provincial team that's working very closely with uh, zones and other departments and areas of the health system. Um, this really just takes it uh, one small step forward so that the the care that's actually provided through the mental health and addiction system um, will continue to leverage the integration that's already in place. So whether somebody, you know, presents in an emergency department or a recovery facility, a community clinic, uh, an individual referral through primary care practice, this is actually going to allow us to... Um, wrap our arms uh, more more comprehensively around where that um, where individuals can both access the system and uh, how they journey through the system. So the creation of the four entities um, is going to have to be um, something that we're going to talk about from an integration council perspective to make sure that we're maintaining what's currently in place, but being able to have a dedicated focus on uh, mental health and addiction service planning, um, capacity planning, um, looking at capital needs where we have gaps in services as a dedicated entity is going to allow us to take this uh, even further than we've been able to to date. So I think that's a, a pretty spectacular opportunity. Thank you, Mr. Bales, and thank you, Minister Williams. Uh, once again, if you have an important question or comment, please press star three on your phone right now and you'll be able to ask that live. We do have a uh, anonymous question here coming in from Edmonton. Uh, your line is open, please go ahead. Hi there, I'm just wondering if somebody can comment on the inclusion of indigenous um, programming and our AHS commitment to reconciliation and the acknowledgement of you know, the drastic decrease in life expectancy that our indigenous community members are experiencing. It seems as though there are lots of announcements about Indigenous inclusion, but I'm just not sure how that actually looks in this new program. Thank you for the question. A good question and an important one. Uh, everyone on the front line sees it uh, day to day, and I receive the information on the back end that says that Indigenous Albertans are disproportionately affected and challenge with mental health and addiction crises in their lives and in their communities. And it's a destructive carnage that rips through a family and a community. And we see that really, really evidently uh, in certain communities where we've focused in a concrete way by uh, when we're building our 11 recovery centers, when it comes to addiction treatment and recovery, we're building them with Indigenous partners. So for example, Enoch, uh, Kainai, Blood Tribe, and others, are all getting Indigenous-led community recovery centers that are Indigenously incorporated in terms of the culture and the nature of that. 
So it's a priority for us to understand we need to meet people where they're at. We need to understand that these communities that are disproportionately affected by, for example, the deadly disease of addiction is taking so many lives in these communities. And it's my priority to put the jurisdictional fights behind me uh, and put the lives of those individuals first and foremost in a really concrete way. So those um, four of 11 so far with more to come um, recovery centers that we're investing hundreds of millions of dollars collectively. It has never happened before that we've built on reserve as a province. We're doing that. It's never happened that we've let um, the conversation be so clearly led by the Indigenous community itself. And so those are some examples. I know there's more programming as well. Of course, existing institutions like Poundmakers and others across the province um, in all of our treaties are important relationships we have. I'll be honest. Indigenous communities were at the recovery phase of this, this conversation way before the rest of us were. They knew for a long time that recovery is the way out, and we're, we are in many ways following their, their lead, and it's backed up really clearly by really, really good evidence and, and those who understand this crisis internationally as well. So, so we're going to continue down that path, uh, and I'm going to let Carrie talk a bit more about what we're doing in maybe some other facets of our program delivery. I'll tell you now, it's going to be a priority for us. Uh, every single Albertan has dignity, as I mentioned before. They deserve the opportunity of recovery, and I want to provide that for them all. And working directly with our Indigenous partners and their leadership is the way I think that we should be trying to demonstrate that. Thank you, Minister. Uh, Carrie Bales, um, really appreciate the question. I mean, I think uh, Minister Williams had already done it, but I would like to reaffirm that, I mean, we need to at first acknowledge that there are um, significant differences in the health outcomes of Indigenous peoples and their communities. So, I mean, there have been great efforts within AHS to try to partner with and work with Indigenous communities, um, both in the, the integration of the service delivery and our programs, um, trying to incorporate uh, cultural practices and Indigenous practices for healing. Uh, we've worked uh, closely with the Indigenous Wellness Corps, uh, both in trying to partner and inform uh, AHS and the path forward, but also through our Provincial Advisory Council for Mental Health and Addiction within the province. Um, many of you have done some spectacular work at local levels, working with local partners. All of that we would want to continue to maintain and strengthen as we go. Um, you know, exactly how that's going to occur. Um, what I would suggest is that we need to be working with our Indigenous communities as we do this planning, taking both feedback and guidance and partnering with our Indigenous communities and leaders to figure out what is that best mechanism to make sure that we're co-designing services with them as we move into the new organization. Thank you for your comments, Mr. Bales and Minister Williams. Uh, Andrew has a online question here. Should, should uh, non-frontline AHS staff be concerned about losing their jobs? And I'll direct that question to Minister Williams. Thanks for the question. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that this is an opportunity for us to focus on mental health and addiction. This whole process uh, that we're going through now and the lead up over the last four years has been an increase in mental health and addiction services. Of course, at different times, uh, we have to uh, consider where we're at in the process 
throughout the process, we see an increase in services, we see an increase in capacity, we see an increased growth. And I expect that to continue for some time. We see the difficulties we have around people accessing services, whether it's in remote parts of the province and a high need for, for more people to be in our system, delivering services, administering our services. And we see that also happen in urban centers as well uh, in different capacities. So I see us continuing to need more and more services and a continued growth in our system as we go forward. Uh, and it's gonna be a priority to try and prioritize and protect all of the jobs that we can so that we can deliver even more services for Albertans. Uh, that, is, that has been a trend. And I can tell you now that it's my priority with my mandate letter to continue to see our services and mental health and addiction as a section, a sector within government and within our society to grow as there is increasingly more and more need um, for those who are suffering from deadly disease of addiction and their mental health challenges. Thank you, Minister Williams, for those comments. Uh, we're now gonna go live to Janice in Calgary. Janice, your line is now open. Oh, hi. I was just wondering, uh, what does this look like for the AHS staff member uh, when it comes to pension plans, seniority, applying for positions within AHS or this new organization? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, thanks, Janice. It's it's Carrie Bales. Um, it's a really great question. Uh, I'll be honest and say that at this point, I don't have specific answers for you, um, but we'll acknowledge that I think that this is going to be on the forefront of everybody's minds as employees of Alberta Health Services now, and as we start to plan for and move into a, a new organization. Um, how that actual transition will look is going to have to be something that happens in consultation um, uh, with unions and how that would apply from a collective agreement perspective and others. So the goal would be to make sure that the transition for staff has no impact from an employment perspective, but it is still a little too early in the process to say exactly what that may look like or to be able to point to any specifics. If I could just add to that, I think it is important for you to hear from the minister how I want to see our services grow. I want to see more and more access to mental health. That means I'm going to need to keep this partnership productive and constructive with you. My goal is to prioritize uh, frontline services. I want to prioritize your role in that. Whoever you are working to deliver it, it's important to me. So as we go through it, I'm happy to have more of these conversations with you to give you more updates. This is hopefully the start of a conversation. Your work you do is important for us delivering the system that we're building in Alberta, and I want to build that together with you. Thank you for those comments. As we near the last little bit of our conversation this afternoon, if you could please press star three to have any of your questions answered. Uh, we will now go uh, live to Mark in Edmonton. Mark, you're at, you're sorry. Mark, you're now live. Thank you very much for taking my question. Um, I think the, the the main question I have is where does uh, addiction and mental health addiction and mental health work with children, youth, and families fit in this new structure? And I'm going to go back a bit to uh, the Kirby report, which is in 2002, which dates me. 
but I think his finding still still is relevant because he talked about how the mental health system was the orphan of the health system, and then the children's mental health system was the orphan of the orphan. So I just wonder how we're going to prioritize um, children, youth, and families. Also, that, that sort of rolls into prevention work as well because we can get a bit upstream. So that would be my question. Thank you for the question. Uh, John, I think it was. I appreciate very much the priority that you want to put on youth and on families. It's a priority for me. And I'm, I'll be honest, I think that we need to do a better job at integrating mental health into the larger system and prioritizing that. That's a lot of what I want to do with this is not have it sort of the afterthought or working off the side of a desk of somewhere in HS, but instead an organization committed with its knowledge base, its expertise, and its day-to-day -day priority be exclusively this question around mental health and addiction. Uh, and I think the youth piece is probably one of the more important. Um, I haven't read the Kirby report, but I'm happy uh, now that I have it noted in my notes that I'm going to get my staff to print it off for me. The truth is, is that if we're not looking at how families and a preventative piece works, we're going to constantly be playing catch up. So uh, I appreciate that as feedback for me as the minister to make sure that I not only keep it a priority, but find ways to meet, make meaningful change and move forward on that. And I'll let Dr. Uh, Nick Mitchell, the provincial medical director of uh, mental health and addiction within AHS, give a bit more of a substantive answer too. Thank you, Minister, and thanks for the question, Mark. Um, the, we're provided a bit of an opportunity here as we um, work together as a provincial agency to identify priorities, but also identify best practices. And I think that we've seen in this space, in the child and youth space, a number of innovative practices come forward, whether that be online and electronic delivery of services, virtual service delivery, partnerships with schools and community agencies. Um, but these have often been um, piecemeal or small pilots, and we have an opportunity here to learn from best practices and potentially spread and scale them. Uh, we know that a lot of the conditions that we deal with uh, start uh, or have their genesis in uh, childhood, um, early adulthood, uh, late adolescence. And so this is a priority population, um, not just from a clinical, but also preventative standpoint. And um, we have that mandate as a provincial organization to be addressing those needs and anticipating where they're going to go. So this is a, an opportunity that we have to learn best practice, spread best practice, and hopefully enhance the service delivery to the Albertans that need it, um, particularly as you identify um, some of those who are currently underserved. Thank you, Dr. Mitchell, and thank you, Minister Williams, for those comments. Uh, we have an online question here from Danny, who writes, who will have input on the new mandate for the organization? And I'll ask Minister Williams to answer that question. Thanks, Danny. The organizational structure is that the new organization is going to report to the, to the ministry. So that's going to be my office and the, and the team I work with. Uh, and the organization is going to continue to deliver all the services that AHS currently delivers in the mental health and addiction space. And we have a keen interest in keeping uh, the successor body, this new mental health and addiction organization, to continue to be a publicly funded universal access system for us to deliver a lot of really important programming through. And there's a whole bunch in our continuum of care that we need to make sure is delivered through the organization. So I'm, I'm very happy that we have a very good working relationship right now with AHS through my office, and I expect that to continue with this successor organization. You individuals who work on the front lines need to know that we're doing our job in the ministry, um, being responsive to the electorate and to the public and the public interest, 
and working very closely with subject matter experts, with the administrators and the folks that you guys work day to day with uh, the, the individuals that we're trying to get services to. Thanks for the question. Thank you very much for those comments, Mr. Williams. We do have a live question from Melanie at Edmonton. Melanie, your line is open, go ahead. Thank you so much, can you hear me? We can, loud and clear. Oh, okay, great. Um, thank you for taking my question. Um, so I, my question uh, to the panel is, how is this change uh, going to decrease wait times for addiction and mental health services, um, specifically for um, mental health professionals like psychiatrists? Um, and, and how uh, do they propose to recruit more uh, addictions and mental health um, providers? Hi, Melanie. This is uh, Nick Mitchell, the Provincial Medical Director with Addiction Mental Health. Thanks for the question. Uh, you identified a, a significant concern we have in the system in terms of our uh, capacity with psychiatrists, um, not just for wait times for initial uh, visits, but also for follow-up. Again, as a provincial organization, I think we have an opportunity here to um, look at recruitment and um, meeting the needs of the clients, the patients that we serve um, in a more organized fashion. One of the things that's happened historically um, is that we've seen uh, physicians potentially moving between areas in the province or different parts of the province competing for the same pool of physicians. Uh, as well, I think that there are opportunities to look at innovative service delivery models. Uh, things like virtual service delivery has been enhanced through COVID. We have opportunities to provincialize that and potentially structure it in a way um, to better meet the needs of uh, patients and clients. Learning from what's been done already with the VODP, the Virtual Opiate Dependency Program, I could see a similar model for telepsychiatry being something that we could uh, pursue. Ideally, um, with those sorts of interventions, we'd start seeing wait times come down. But again, I think that we have to look at what has been done already within our various service delivery agencies and zones, what's already worked, uh, and try to learn from best practices where they exist before we start reinventing the wheel. Thanks, Dr. Mitchell. I'll just add on top of that, that it's, it is a priority for me to see that we recruit more um, psychiatrists for sure. I come from a very remote and rural community in the northwest of Alberta, seven hours north of Edmonton. And so, as you can imagine, uh, where you in the rest of the province understandably feel a pinch, we feel it as well, and maybe even more acutely. And so I know that this is a problem that is not new. I know it's a problem not unique to Alberta. Um, every single province in Canada is dealing with this question around recruitment. And I think that we're gonna to have to be innovative to come up with solutions. Uh, we're gonna to have to take very seriously what it means if we don't find those innovative solutions. So we, we, need to, we need to put our thinking caps on. We need to take it very seriously because there is no alternative for folks um, when they're suffering um, from a mental health issue, when they're suffering from addiction, they, they really do just need those services. So. I'm gonna take that as, as an important reminder for me as the minister to say, I, I need to make sure I take very seriously the question of recruiting. And I'm gonna work with Dr. Mitchell and, and the others here on the panel to see what we can do to find those innovative solutions because we, we do need to address it. Thank you, Minister Williams. And, and thank you, Dr. Mitchell. Uh, we do just have a few more minutes and we're gonna try and get through as many questions as possible. Uh, a question here from Perry online. With a split position, one in acute care and one in mental health, 
How will these kinds of scenarios be affected? I'll ask uh, Kerry to answer that question. Uh, thanks for the question, Perry. Um, again, I'll try to give a bit of a general answer here because I'm not certain I fully understand the specifics as to whether you're saying that you're in a position that's a single position that operates in different settings or if you have two different positions, one in acute care and one with a mental health and addiction program. Um, I mean, I think the answer to those you know, will be different depending on the nature of your particular circumstances. But, you know, what I would say is that, you know, for individuals that are working within addiction and mental health within Alberta Health Services, we would want to be ensuring that um, there is no disaggregation of your roles and that those be maintained in the way that they would be today. Um, if it were two separate roles um, that you were currently hired to and they're in different settings, it would probably really boil down to what settings are you currently employed in and then how would that align with the, uh, the four different agencies that are going to be established, whether that be uh, continuing care, uh, mental health and addiction, primary care or uh, acute care. So probably wouldn't be able to get into specifics there, but you know the opportunity to be employed by both if they were two separate positions, I would suspect would still be available to you um, as we as we progress into new uh, new organizations. Thank you for that. Uh, we do have one more live question here from Shelly in Medicine Hat. Shelly, your line is now open. Hi, can you hear me? Hello? We can. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Shelly, go ahead. Thanks. Um, I am excited to see the changes that will come from this. And uh, my question is, um, there seems to be a large variance of staffing levels and delivery of care in our AHS detox and residential treatment facilities for addiction. Um, will this change ensure assessment of our care delivery and staffing levels and funding shifts that will ultimately um, decrease this variance and meet the needs of Albertans across the province. Uh, thanks, Shelley. It's Carrie, uh, Chief Program Officer for Addiction and Mental Health with uh, AHS. Um, yeah, that's exactly the opportunity that this uh, provides. Um, what I will say is that was one of the uh, primary opportunities that we had also identified when we did the recent consolidation work of all addiction and mental health services within AHS to one single team over the last few months is to be able to actually look across zones or across provinces and geography to be able to see, one, do we have equal distribution or appropriate distribution of our resources and programming? And then operationally within our individual programs, you know, we've had different questions around, you know, how do we make sure that the, um, the, the number of staff say that a frontline manager is supervising or the number of staff that might be in different programs, although uh, very similar in nature, but located in different parts of the province um, are resourced and what we can do about that. So yes, one, is that would be one of the things that we'd want to do from an assessment to make sure we understand that load, what I'm going to call load leveling 
of resource. But the other thing is this provides us with a opportunity to identify where we think that we have gaps or where we think we may need capacity into the future so that we can establish a, a province-wide uh, addiction mental health uh, service uh, capacity gap plan. And then from that, we can identify where resources might need to be either allocated or what investments might need to look like in the future. Thanks for your question. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Bills. And we have one last question here from Shannon. Uh, there's been a mention of consulting frontline staff in regards to the changes of, to service delivery in mental health and addictions care. Uh, in what venue will this occur? And I'll direct this to Minister Williams. Thanks, Sherry. Appreciate the question. Uh, moving forward, we know that we're, we're going to be doing our refocusing, that uh, we have a lot of work in front of us and to achieve it uh, and to get the best results for Albertans, um, for those who deliver these services, I know I'm gonna need to continue listening. So even though we're in the early stages, the truth is that there'll be more opportunities for us to work together in our common goal. So there's a couple of different um, opportunities that you're gonna have. There will be more engagements like this one that will continue to happen over time. Of course, as the minister, I'll be available um, for doing um, all sorts of different meetings with stakeholders, with those who deliver these services, and understanding the different parts of the system and how they think it would be best to proceed on a lot of these detail-oriented questions. Uh, everybody across the province, including yourselves, have the opportunity to give us your feedback directly at www.alberta.ca slash shape the way. That's www.alberta.ca slash shape the way. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to have a constructive conversation through the survey feedback online, through engagements like this one, through town halls I do across the province, through engagement with those parts of the system and folks that work day to day on delivering these services. Um, we're moving forward with refocusing. And I know that I want partnership with all of you in doing that. And so through those conversations, the hope is we'll be able to achieve it. And I think, Colin, that this is the time we have allotted. So I'll close it here. And I'm sorry we don't have time for more questions. I understand we had hundreds of folks, thousands, uh, over hundreds uh, joining us today. Uh, there'll be more opportunities for this kind of conversation to be had. Um, a priority for me is working with those who understand the system well. That's why we have these um, four individuals with me today who are intimately involved with delivering the system. I'm very, very proud of the positive and collaborative working relationship that my office has forged with AHS since I've been appointed only five months ago to continue delivering these services and to be responsive to the needs of those who receive those services. So understand that that working relationship I have with the four individuals that are answering these questions today with me is the same working relationship I wanna have with each of you. I want you to know that we share a common goal, that we want to serve Albertans, that we want stability in our system, and we want to be able to better deliver the services that thousands upon thousands of Albertans need. And it's literally life-saving for so many of them, as you well know. So I take that very seriously. I take this obligation I have to speak with you, to receive your feedback, and then in my job as the minister, to take a 30,000-foot view and, and take that feedback and build a system that works. Build a system that is going to better serve Albertans day to day, 
And I will have to weigh your feedback. I'll have to weigh the pressures of the system that we have now. I'll have to weigh the advice of subject matter experts and academics and all those who are informing us in a recovery advisory panel for the Alberta uh, recovery model. And I'm gonna put all that together. And hopefully at the end of it, we'll be able to deliver a system even more effectively to save even more Albertans from the deadly disease of addiction, from the crisis in their life surrounding the mental health challenges they face. So I um, hope this is the first step in many. And with that, I'll, uh, I'll thank you all for joining. I know you took time out of your day to listen to me, and that's why I'm going to take seriously the comments that you gave me. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you all hopefully very soon.